Hi there. Welcome to the Jewelry Navigator podcast, an on-the-go source of original and unique jewelry with stories of the designers who create it. My name is Brenna Pakes. I'm a graduate gemologist with a degree in geology. I've worked in the retail sector for over 15 years. After completing my graduate gemology diploma and working in the industry for a little while, I took an intermittent career break and worked for a major airline. That's why I combine the theme of aviation and the concept of navigating shoppers to choices of unique jewelry, as well as understanding gem selection and jewelry construction, as well as metal choices. I do a coordinating blog post for every podcast showing photos of the jewelry that we're talking about, as well as links to the jewelers and more information about them. So I hope you enjoy the episodes and feel free to subscribe for your Jewelry Navigator Passport, a way to stay up to date with the current episodes and upcoming features. Thanks so much for joining us and enjoy the episode. Hey there, and welcome to this week's episode of Jewelry Navigator Podcast. This week, my guest is Larissa Worstiuk of Joy Joya Jewelry Marketing. She shares what small brands and designers can do to get in front of their ideal customers in time for the upcoming holiday gift season using tools and techniques you're probably already using along with others you may not have thought of. Larissa is founder and creative director of Joy Joya, a boutique digital marketing agency that works exclusively with jewelry brands. Joy Joya offers a full spectrum of digital marketing services, including branding, content marketing, creative direction, digital marketing strategy, e-commerce optimization, email marketing, event marketing, influencer marketing, SEO, and social media marketing. As a collector and lover of jewelry herself, Larissa understands that jewelry is a deeply personal and emotional purchase. When she partners with jewelry designers and retailers, she's certain that the right customer will fall deeply in love with her client's products. Larissa is also host on Joy Joya Jewelry Marketing Podcast, where she shares valuable tips and marketing strategies with her listeners. You can find Joy Joya Jewelry Marketing Podcast on Apple Podcasts, as well as on Stitcher Radio, and even listen to an episode where she had me as a guest on her episode number 42. Keep listening to the end of this podcast because I have something really exciting to share with you. Thanks so much for choosing Jewelry Navigator for your informative jewelry podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode as Larissa Worstiak shares her tips on holiday marketing for jewelry brands and where consumers can find these exciting brands for the holidays. Thanks so much and welcome aboard. Well, let's start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background, what your formal education is and what your experience has been up to this point in starting Joy Joya Jewelry Marketing. Sure. So my background, um, it's a little convoluted. Sometimes I wonder how I even got to where I am today. (laughs) But um, my my education background is in writing and creative writing specifically, and I went to school, my undergrad in writing and communications, and then I actually pursued a master's degree, a master of fine arts degree in creative writing. And at that point, I thought I wanted to work either in marketing or publishing or even education with that kind of background. 
Um, and when I finished school, I did a lot of freelance type jobs for marketing um, purposes, like different businesses that needed copywriting, um, mostly for website and social media. So I got that experience. Um, and then I also actually taught writing for a number of years at Rutgers University in New Jersey. So I taught creative writing. But a main component of, of, the, of what I taught there was digital media. So I taught classes in blogging um, and content creation. So I really wanted to bring students up to speed with the ways that they can use creative writing in the real world, uh, which plays a huge role in, in what I do today with, with content creation and helping brands create content. Um, so how I transitioned to having my own business, it kind of coincided with a huge life change for me where I was living on the East Coast, I was teaching, I was doing all this freelance work, and I just decided I wanted to move to California. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted to leave winter behind and go to sunny Los Angeles, and it was a it had been a dream of mine for a long time. So, in addition to that, I needed to figure out a new career path, and I thought long and hard about that. Um, I actually had some retail jewelry experience too, in addition to all that other stuff I was doing. I loved marketing. I was passionate about marketing. I'm very passionate about jewelry. I had that jewelry sales background. Um, I have the background in content. I feel comfortable leading and directing people, which comes from my experience in higher education. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to try to kind of put all this together and make it work when I move. And it'll be a great way for me to start over. And Los Angeles is also a huge uh, center for jewelry. We have an amazing jewelry district downtown. So I decided to start doing that. And um, it's been amazing ever since. I'm super passionate about it. It combines so many of my strengths and skills. And um, I love helping jewelry brands grow and figure out their marketing. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's such valuable experience that you probably didn't know that you were going to use or how you were going to use it in the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't make any sense on a piece of paper. Like, uh, I think in a way, I kind of have to be an entrepreneur because my resume doesn't make any sense. But to me, it makes sense because all those skills come together in a really unique way. Exactly. Yeah, and that's the beauty of this age that we live in now is that anything goes. You can make it up yourself and basically make money doing almost anything as long as you've got a good foundation of skills behind you and you figure it out. And we're all just figuring it out as we go along. But yeah. somehow it always works out. It's very true. Yeah, that's really cool. I didn't know that you taught writing. All of those aspects and skills and everything just combines to to what you're doing now. Yeah, and I think something I never really thought of before, a lot of people think of writing as like this very isolated thing, like you're producing a piece of work, whatever the goal of that is in the written word. But there's so much more that goes into that in terms of like strategy and thinking through how you're going to organize something and seeing the big picture. And also through teaching, I had to help others see the big picture and help them edit. And so much of that same thought process goes comes into play when I'm helping brands think through the big picture of their marketing strategy. It's like putting together like a big essay. Like how are all these moving parts going to work together to make 
like this ultimate document <laughs> that right. will really delight the audience, you know? Yes. Yes. That's one thing I've realized that you're really good at, and it's good for me to hear because I'm more of an artistic person, a creative person, and I just want to make stuff and, you know, create stuff. But then when I pull back and look at it, it's like, oh, I have all these cool things, but how, how do I make them all work? And it can get really overwhelming and really distracting quickly. And I think that's kind of where any creative kind of finds themselves. Unless they have a strategy or someone to help them clarify and organize their pieces, their parts, like you do, and you're really good at that. Yeah, and it's why I love working with jewelry designers because they're all so creative and they're visionaries. And I do consider myself to be a very creative person, but I feed off that energy and I'm super inspired by the creativity of others. And I have that added skill of, like, helping to kind of, like, shape that creativity because as a creative person myself, I've, I've been there and I know what that's like and I know how to kind of wrangle that energy, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's so valuable because what I – before – um, before we started recording, Larissa and I were talking a little bit about her podcast, which if you don't know, if you're not aware, Larissa has a podcast. It's Joy Joya Jewelry Marketing. Exactly, and you can just search for that on iTunes or I believe it's on Stitcher too. If you Google it, it'll come up as the first search result. Yes, and what she does really well is organize thoughts and help you break it down in little chunks and use what you want to and kind of think of a plan with, with her strategy sessions, which is, are basically like what her podcasts are. And the month of September, she's done a really helpful series about influencers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, influencer marketing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's really big in understanding how that works and how you can make it work for your brand is is really important in this time and age with all of the social media being so important and having a presence on social media. So can you share with us in this time of year where some, someone who may not have a full strategy in place, what they can do now? I'm going to be honest with you. It's a little bit challenging to start thinking through strategy um, so close to October with the holiday season coming so quickly. But it's not impossible. And brands would really want to focus on the marketing efforts that have the quickest impact, so the fastest return. Unfortunately, starting a social media marketing strategy or an email marketing strategy or something like that right now, you might not see the results that you want because those things usually take a few months to really build up. Mm -hmm. But Things that are a little bit more immediate are things like influencer marketing, um, where you partner with an in influencer and that person just exposes your brand to his or her audience. Those usually have an immediate effect because it happens so quickly, you get your product out and people see it. Um, and also probably um, paid social media advertising is a great strategy when you're short on time um, because it doesn't require you to wait to kind of gain the traction for organic engagement on social media, which again could take a really long time. 
instead you're paying something like Facebook, Instagram, Google, Pinterest, however you want to do your advertising, and then get immediate um, response from customers. And you know exactly who you're putting those ads in front of because you have control over how it's displayed and who the audience is that is receiving your ads. So those are kind of like some of the most hard-hitting things. Um, if the brand already does have an email marketing list, like if they have subscribers and they've, they've at least done the job of, of collecting email addresses, this is a great time of year to ramp up the email marketing and, and start preparing people for that end of year rush by maybe teasing new products, um, teasing upcoming sales, especially if the brand is planning on having like a Black Friday sale to kind of start mentioning that early and planting the seeds in people's heads. Um, so those are some things with more immediate impact, I would say. Mm -hmm. Okay. One episode that you recently recorded was episode 44, How Your Brand Can Leverage Experiential Marketing. Can you explain to us what that is and how a brand or jewelry designer can implement that? Sure, that's a great question. So experiential marketing is also known as event marketing, which might be the more familiar word. Um, and it's basically a type of marketing where you are getting right in front of the consumer face-to-face. -face. That doesn't necessarily have to be live and in person. It can also be done digitally if you don't have the bandwidth to like host a true live in-person event. But it's really just a way to connect directly with your customers and get them to experience, hence experiential, experience your product in a more real way, whether that's trying on the product or just interacting with you as a brand in a more genuine way, um, that can be another way to get an immediate response or impact with customers. Some mm -hmm. examples of experiential marketing that, that brands might be familiar with is like doing a trunk show or a pop-up, for example, um, attending a trade show or a direct-to-consumer show with other designers. Um, hosting an event with an influencer. So that's when an influencer is kind of on site and um, also interacting with the consumers and drawing them to the event. So those mm -hmm. are some examples of ways that brands can really get in front of the consumer. Um, and the advantage of doing something like that, I know that many uh, jewelry brands kind of complain to me today that it's hard to really connect. There's so much competition. Social media can really start to seem impersonal after a while. You just kind of get lost in a sea of, of pictures on Instagram. Um, but having an event means the person gets to meet you, the designer, and really experience your product and fall in love with it right then and there um, and, cr and create a relationship with you. So even if the, the consumer doesn't end up buying at that very moment, they know you better. They know your story. They've met you. They've experienced your personality. They're more likely to be engaged with you when they do see you online on social media rather than having this like impersonal, detached relationship with them. Those are great ideas. And it's so important now, just like you said, it, the social media and all of the images online it's easy just to see it for a few seconds and then forget it. 
So actually getting in front of potential, whether they're potential clients or not, with, you know, they may or may not buy that time, maybe they'll tell their friends, you know, like, hey, this isn't for me, but I know somebody who would love this. So that's just as valuable as a sale would be. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Before meeting with you here online, I went on Instagram and went on my Instagram stories and sent out a couple of questions to see what I get, could get back. And Tracy Trainer, who actually was the guest on last week's podcast, she chimed in and asked a really good question. I asked, what's one of the biggest challenges to marketing your jewelry? And she said, maintaining a presence on social media and keeping it interesting, it's exhausting. Do you have some tips for designers who are still wearing all of the hats and they may not have the resources to outsource their social media content strategies? Do you have some tips that people can use so that it would make it easier for them to keep up with marketing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, I would direct you to my podcast and listen to my interview with uh, the designer, Julie Lamb, where mm -hmm. we spent a huge chunk of time talking about that. And she shared, she shared some of her own personal tips for keeping up with content for social media. Because if you look at her feeds, you would just be blown away and wonder, how the heck does she have the time and bandwidth to do all this stuff and make it look really great all the time when it's really just her producing it? I mean, she what she would tell you, and if you listen to that episode, it just has to be a top priority. It has to be top of mind. So you have basically have to wake up every morning and think, I need to find ways to create content every day, whether that means having your um, smartphone camera like open all the time and ready to go and looking for opportunities to really show your product in unique ways. So maybe seeking out events that you can attend where it might be fun to show your jewelry in a new setting, um, asking your friends to help out by, you know, maybe lending your jewelry to them and, and when they go to events and asking them to take the pictures. It really just has to be such a top priority in your life, and it's true that it's challenging and annoying, but due to the changes to the Instagram algorithms, the brands that are able to get the most engagement are the ones that are posting very frequently. So even if you can't necessarily compete in that way and you don't have a team behind you, you have to just do the best that you can and sometimes accept that, hey, I'm not going to be able to keep up and that's okay, but I'm going to try the best that I can and and just make it a priority and, and continue getting better at it every day. Another thing that might help is just planning ahead. So instead of maybe worrying every day what you're going to post, look at the week or the next two weeks ahead and try to look for opportunities in each day that you might be able to create a new piece of content. So um, I don't know, for example, if you knew you were going to like a networking event on Thursday, kind of brainstorm some ideas for how you might be able to bring your product into that, whether you put on a cute new outfit and wear some of your pieces and then take pictures of yourself with whoever you meet. Um, or maybe ask people that you meet if they, if they want to wear your pieces and, and show them off. And it's really just about getting yourself out there as much as you can and, and th continually thinking about new ways that, that you can showcase your product and thinking ahead ahead so that you're not scrambling at the last minute to really figure that out.
Mm-hmm. That's really smart. And another question someone had for me recently was, there don't seem to really be any rules for Instagram, but someone told this designer that you really shouldn't post any of your personal stories on your feed. That's really, you should post those on your stories. But I kind of don't agree with that. I feel... I guess it just depends on the brand and what they want to portray. I think it definitely depends on the brand because not necessarily all brands are the face of a certain designer. It may be more about like a brand persona that's not wrapped up in a specific person. Julie Lamb is really good at doing that as well. She's a perfect example of finding new ways for experiential marketing where recently she did like a pop-up at Pottery Barn, which, you know, land, yes, definitely. barns. So coming yeah. up with creative, you, I mean, your last name doesn't need to be a barn animal. You could come up with all kinds of relatable, <laughs> <laughs> relatable ways to find new audiences. So just throwing the rule book out the window and just getting really creative. And I love your idea of loaning out your jewelry um, one of the designers that I've recently met and did an episode with, Pam Whale of Petite Baleen Jewelry, she had a really funny, uh, a really cute phrase. She had some friends visit her at the um, New York Now show last in August, and she had them wear jewelry around, and she called them her jewel mules. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's perfect. Yes. So it gets the jewelry out in front of other people without, you know, grabbing people and putting it in their face. That's how people wear jewelry. They just wear it out in the world. So if someone stops you and say, wow, I love that piece, you know, that's how the word about your brand is going to spread because they're seeing it in like a real life situation on a real life person. Right, right. That's that's exactly right. And it just seems, it's funny because it seems like things are circling back around from being everything was online e-commerce to now people want to examine it. They want to hold it because so much can be different in a piece of jewelry. You can't really see the construction until you hold it. You know, you don't know if it's hollowed out on the backside and it's lightweight rather than something that's solid and not hollowed out. So all those little um, nuances of how a piece is constructed and what the stones actually look like, those are the kind of things that are captured, of course, in person. So, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this yeah. happens as a... I am a marketer, but I'm also a consumer. I love buying jewelry. I was actually like just looking at a necklace yesterday, and it, I was so baffled by the product description because I found it hard, even though the length of the chain was listed, it was kind of hard to imagine how it might like lay on my neck or how it might work with a certain neckline, and I really wished I could see it, you know, before I, yeah. I bought it. So it's like stuff like that. It's, jewelry is so personal, and there are so many factors that go into whether or not someone will want to buy it. You know, will it fit into her daily life? Will it work with the type of clothing that she likes to wear? Is it durable? Will it hold up to her lifestyle? Will her little kid be yanking on it and it's going to break? You know, like you don't, you don't know these things until you can feel it and see it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, those are those are all really important aspects that sometimes we we don't think about. But um, yeah, they're those are really good points. So let's circle back around and talk about the uh, social media content marketing calendar. What we touched upon a few minutes ago and have your input on what people can come up with with a tangible, um, let's say, a 10-week calendar. How, how could someone really come up with a good plan for a social media marketing calendar? Sure. Well, first of all, I want to stress that you don't need any fancy tools for this. You can do whatever method you already like to calendar, whether that's having like a handwritten day planner to Google Calendar to, I don't know, Word document or Google Doc, whatever you feel comfortable with. So this doesn't have to be a fancy tool. And then you can just mark the most important dates on your calendar. So that's going to be probably Christmas, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, whatever dates are most relevant to um, your, your shopping calendar and then kind of work backwards to see how much time you have to prepare. And then think about how much you can realistically do to promote and how far in advance you want to start pushing these, these different things. So for example, if you saw Black Friday on your calendar, you might want to start kind of teasing that out maybe two weeks ahead of time. Mm -hmm. um, and then depending on how often you post on social media, you would just make little slots for each day and whatever you would typically post and kind of brainstorm ideas for, for each thing that you're going to post and see how that fits into whatever lead time you need to get to the end goal, whether that's Black Friday, whether that's Christmas, whatever that date is. Um, and make sure that you have like some more promotional posts sprinkled in there in addition to your typical like brand awareness type posts or whatever new product announcements, whatever it is that's coming up in your calendar. Um, and then you'll just feel a lot more focused. And I think going back to what we talked about, how to generate content so consistently, I think you won't be scrambling so much to figure that out because you'll be super focused. You'll know exactly what you want to achieve and you'll know what kind of content you'll need to, to get there. Um, I also really suggest if a brand is super active on Instagram, which probably they should be, I also really suggest using a specific like Instagram planning app. And some of those include um, Plan, P-L-A-N-N, -N, or Planoly, which is P-L-A-N-O-L-Y. There's also a few others that achieve the same goal and you can kind of search for them on the app store, like search for Instagram planner. And they're all you all you have to pay for all these tools and they vary in price, but they're all very valuable. So basically what it does is it shows you your Instagram feed up until whatever you've posted. And then you can take pictures that you're thinking about posting and plug them in and even make notes with each one about the type of caption and hashtags you want to use. And then you can kind of move them around like a puzzle on your Instagram feed so that you know from now until however far ahead you want to post exactly how your feed's going to look. Not only does that help you with planning and help you help guide your um, promotions and help you come up with content to fill in the gaps, but it actually can really help with branding too because you can see your whole feed and make sure that it all works together as a whole. 
So if you kind of want to focus on your brand colors or a certain look for your whole feed for when people visit your Instagram profile, you can make sure that all the pictures are kind of working together and they look harmonious and they're all kind of promoting the same end goal, which is to get people to understand your brand and be attracted to it. So something like that I think is indispensable for a brand. And if you're not already using it or if you've never experimented with it, go download one of these planners because it will be your new best friend. Oh, that's a that's great advice. I need to I need to take a look at those as well. That sounds really valuable. And I'll post this in the show notes um mm-hmm. of our of our podcast and make sure that I include those in the um, in the notes, so people listening can go back and and find that and and test it out. Most of these apps, they usually have like a trial session, or you can try yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. If, yeah, if it's not working out, then you you can easily delete it and not be charged. So that's a great idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they have different subscription levels too. Like there's like a basic one for someone who just needs one account. And if you are a more advanced business and you have a team of people or even two or three people that all need to look at the same thing, they have an account for that. So it can also be a really great collaborative tool. If you are working with a marketing consultant like me, both of us can kind of contribute to to that plan. And that that can be really helpful. Nice. That's great. Along the lines of the content calendar, how can designers make it what what ideas can you offer for valuable post themes that would be other than promotional? Because a lot of times I think it can get um, might turn people off that it feels like they're always trying to sell their jewelry. What kind of stories can they weave into it so that it you know, it, it is more appealing and, and the consumers and visitors to their feeds can learn more about them and it will it will interest them more. Sure, that's a really good question. Um, usually what I recommend is having a mix of promotional product photos, so that definitely should be in there, but also other ideas would be behind the scenes. So um, if you're like a bench jeweler, for example, show pictures of you working on the pieces. If you're not and you still have access to the works in progress, show pictures of the works in progress. If you recently got a delivery of gemstones that are going to be turned into jewelry, show us those gemstones. Um, That's one example. If you happen to work with influencer marketing or if you do have a chance to get your pieces on other people, reposting that content is a great thing to feature on your feed. Um, Another example would be to just have like on figure or on model pictures that don't necessarily have to be promotional, but they can be more like lifestyle shots um, and they don't necessarily have to be close up. So they can just be pictures of, of models wearing your jewelry but being more like out in the world per se. Mm-hmm. You can have pictures from events that you've done. If you if you do engage in event marketing, you can have um, more brand awareness, brand identity type posts. So um, for example, if your brand colors are, are like green and gold, you can find a really intriguing and beautiful picture that incorporates those colors 
It could be totally unrelated to jewelry. It could be a beautiful landscape. It could be a beautiful painting. But maybe it's just kind of inspiring and intriguing, and it, it captures your brand somehow. Post that. Just make sure you're always giving credit to um, whoever is the original author of the photo, and when possible, get permission, because it's not cool to steal content, and I never recommend doing that. <laughs> yes, yes, you're right. That's really important to remember to do. I think we covered a lot of really valuable information. Um, why don't you share with us a little bit about how you work with your brands, and then we'll wrap things up and people and where people can find you and um, your series of influencer um, marketing, where where that's going and where that will end up in the ne in the coming weeks. Sure. So I work with all different kinds of brands. They all are jewelry related. Some are retailers that carry different designers in their um, brick and mortar or e-commerce store. And some are independent designers who are looking for ways to either get into retail stores or to sell um, through e-commerce direct to consumer. So there's like a whole range of, of clients I work with with the commonality that they're all related to jewelry. And each one of them has super specific needs. Rarely do I have two clients that their strategy looks exactly alike. Actually, not rarely, never. That never happens. And I love, per I love personalizing my approach to each one. I do have like a few kind of jumpstart packages that, that I use to kind of especially help brands that are starting out that is kind of helpful. But I end up tailoring each of those a little bit based on the brand's specific needs because everyone is catering to different customers. Everyone has different products and price points. Everyone kind of has different levels of marketing knowledge. So some people might need a little more support and hand-holding, and other people just kind of want like a, a new perspective, and they don't necessarily need to know everything about marketing. So my approach varies um, for everyone. And I am capable of doing all kinds of digital marketing. So that um, covers a range from branding, content creation, digital marketing strategy, email marketing, e-commerce optimization, search engine marketing, social media marketing, event marketing, everything. And there's not one right mix in general. It's a mix that is customized to the brand's needs. So everyone needs something a little bit different. And those needs can change over time too. They rarely ever stay the same. So when I start working with the brand, we might focus on one thing. And then as time goes on, we might decide to add something else into the mix or maybe change our strategy completely based on new information that we're gathering as we move forward. Okay. That sounds really nice, and that's exactly what I was talking about at the beginning, how you're really good at being able to organize content and create a direction and a plan, which is uh, so important and makes, makes everybody's lives so much easier and clearer. So that's, that's great. And I'm a really good project manager. I would say that most of my clients, I probably annoy them, but like in a good way because they're just so busy focused on their businesses. They're focused on designing. They're focused on 
things not related to marketing. And I really make sure that projects stay on track so that they can achieve their goals. So mm -hmm. I am truly an accountability partner for them that they wouldn't otherwise have if they, if they didn't hire me. You know? So it's not only about marketing, but keeping projects on track and making sure they're reaching goals in a timely manner, which is important in the jewelry industry because it is on such a timeline. I mean, there's truly a busy season, which is the holidays. So if you have certain marketing goals, you need to make sure you're staying on track. Otherwise, they're not going to be realized. Right, right. And that's really easy to lose sight of when you're in the middle of, you know, making, creating, and that's all you see. It's, you know, right in front of your face. But to remember those goals, that's really important. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So where can people find you? Sure. So they can either go to my website, which is joyjoya.com. That's J-O-Y-J-O-Y-A.com. That's where you would learn more about me and my marketing services and how you can uh, reach out to me to start working with me. I'm also super active on my podcast, which as Brenna mentioned, if you just Googled Joy Joya Jewelry Marketing Podcast, you can find all the places where you can listen to it. I post a new episode once a week and the episodes range from interviews with designers and other industry people on marketing topics to my own kind of tutorials and sessions about different topics in marketing. Um, I also have like kind of a mirror of that same content on my blog, which is joyjoya.com slash blog. You can find me on Instagram if you search joyjoya marketing, um, where I post kind of inspirational branding photos from different jewelry brands that I admire, and I share a lot of tips and wisdom on there. And if you happen to be at the Centurion Jewelry Show, on October 4th, I will be presenting at Jewelry Ecom Live in Miami, and I will be talking about how influencer marketing can um, increase foot and web traffic for a jewelry brand. And so that's why, as Brenda mentioned, I've been really focused on that throughout September. Every podcast episode I'm doing is about influencer marketing. I start from scratch, how to get started, all the way we're going to go through the end, how to execute your campaign. So even if you're not sure that influencer marketing is right for your brand right now, I think you could still gain a lot of insights about how to understand your audience, how to really prepare your brand for something like that if you are thinking about doing it down the road. So I highly recommend listening to that series. Um, you, it, also, if you go to my website, joyjoya.com, you can enter your email address and download a free ebook about increasing your e-commerce conversions. And then you'll get on my super helpful weekly email marketing list that includes all the great content I share, which is all for free, so you don't even have to work with me to gain <laughs> my expertise and experience. And I'm really happy to share all that because I know there are brands that are just they are soaking it up because they love that knowledge and they're really benefiting from it, and I'm happy to, to do that for them. And I was just looking up the Centurion show and their Ecom Live. They have a registration. Do they Are they offering it like a live feed if you're not attending? Do you know? I believe that after the conference there will be um, – they're taking videos of everything. I'm not sure – if they're going to be charging for that, but it could be worth looking into. They're definitely going to make that content available afterward too. Okay, very nice. 
That's great. Well, thank you so much, Larissa, for joining us. I think we have a lot of great tips to share with the designers. And if you're not a designer and you're just here listening because you enjoy learning about jewelry, pick some of your favorite designers and support them and, and repost their jewelry if you're a big fan because they would really appreciate it. And, um, you know, if you need any help from either one of us, we can certainly direct you in the, in the right direction. So... Thank you so much for being my guest, Larissa. Thank thank you for having me, Brenna. It was my pleasure. Thank you. For links to the tools Larissa mentioned today, visit the coordinating blog post for show notes, including her recommendations, and where you can find her and her podcast, Joy Joya Jewelry Marketing Podcast. And you can find those show notes at jewelrynavigator.com. All right. As I promised, there's something really exciting I want to share with you. A few weeks ago, I set a goal to reach 10,000 downloads for the podcast by the end of November. This week alone, Jewelry Navigator reached a total of over 8,000 downloads. I'm just so excited and so flattered by this. I want to take a moment to thank you so much for listening and for allowing me to share my passion of jewelry with a purpose to serve. It's so fun and so rewarding. So thank you so much for listening and for following me. I love supporting consumers and the small designers that I feature on the podcast. It means so much to me because helping shoppers understand how to select jewelry through educational advice and tapping into a resource of hand-chosen designers who create quality and unique jewelry has been the main purpose for Jewelry Navigator all along. So if you're a shopper and want to learn more about jewelry or where you can find that special gift or the perfect piece for an event, I would love to help. Reach out to me. You can email me at Brenna at JewelryNavigator.com. You can also find me and DM me on Instagram at JewelryNavigator or Facebook as well. If you're an independent designer or store owner, and you'd like to share your story on Jewelry Navigator podcast, I'm inviting you to reach out. I'm scheduling into November and December and even into January of 2020 for podcast features. You can email me at Brenna at JewelryNavigator.com, learn more at JewelryNavigator.com, or you can also call me. My phone number is on my website. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. I hope you found some helpful ideas and tips. I really enjoyed visiting with Larissa and learning how she helps the jewelry brands I value and appreciate so much get exposure and grow. Until next time, keep your jewelry clean for maximum shine and cross-check your sparkle. Bye-bye.